slow. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Hello and welcome in Commissioner's Corner Week 2. It's your boy, Kamish Khan, and joining me this evening, a very special guest, your three-time winner of the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Some call him the greatest owner of all time. A lot have been calling him washed up as of lately. His performance through two weeks would have you thinking otherwise. It's the one, the only Jack Attack, Jack McDonald. How are we doing this evening, my friend? See, Scott, thanks for having me. appreciate the... Uh, the warm welcome and introduction, uh, and rightfully so, introduced as the greatest manager in league history. So no, I said I said some say that just to be clear. It's not majority, a, it's not a the, label. The majority it's not a label says you can wear. no. The majority says I'm the greatest owner in league history. So thank you very much for correctly introducing me by my title, the greatest owner in league history. Thank you. I appreciate. I'm sure that. the group chat will have something to say about that, and I look forward to those comments. Um, but you know what I say we, to that. The, tro- get- the trophy has something to say to the group chat. See Scott four five nine five. Hey, I can't argue with it. I'm hoping to get my name on there this year. To be honest, it's a sad truth and reality that I have to face year in and year out. Um, and and before I spiral in too deep of a depression, I want to turn this pod into a little lighter subject because we know you're going to have the hot takes when it comes to league ownership, fantasy football strategy, and your impressions of the league so far. So. Before we get into all that, I want to start, Jack, by asking you, you've had a big summer, I would say. A lot of travel, a lot of weddings, obviously, a lot of our buddies within this, Lou, getting married. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Doesn't need to be said, but will be said by both of us to all those getting hitched. And as well as that, you took a trip across the pond um, and visited Ireland, home of your, your family, I believe, right? The McDonald clan. Yeah, England. Um, Half my family is in England. And in England, of course, of course. Um, so I just want to know, kind of, what was your maybe favorite memory of the summer? Um, and, yeah. and you know what, to make it easy, how about it can't involve any uh, Lug owners? Because then we'd just be, <laughs> you know, picking between straws. So let's just go non-Lug owner. Yeah, someone called that a circle jerk. But a circle jerk. I'm right. not that shrewd. I would call it um, just being... A lovely neighbor. So, Luke members aside, and first before I go into the summer, quick shout out to the weddings, uh, Cooper, Ty, and Scott. Scott's not in the Luke, but obviously he's one of our close friends. Anybody else in the Luke that I'm missing? I don't think so. Paul no had a kid because I don't want to get in trouble in case I'm forgetting someone. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, well, Paul man, had a child and he didn't say congratulations. No, but... I just did. No, he did. Listen to the tape back. Um, shout out to Paul. Anyways, like, wow, we're in a very cool time in our lives where obviously a lot of our closest friends are getting married. And it is a very weird feeling. I'll tell you that. Yeah. To be close friends with like best friends with guys growing up, like seeing each other 
at various points in our life, like when we're elementary, middle school, like toddlers compared to where we are now. And then seeing them like do something as big as getting married, um, which is huge life change. And it's weird seeing your friend up the altar, tie, coop, and thinking back to like sleeping on their floor three nights in a row or I don't know, seeing like crazy memories of Cooper with his shirt off running around. What was the elementary school on Bull Mountain? Alberta Rider. Alberta Rider. And Home with the Bulls. Fire alarm. Yeah. And, it, and seeing like that person who you have in your mind up at the altar is just a freaking weird feeling. That's for sure. Or like but that's an aside. Or like seeing that same person 48 hours before his wedding laughing at his own <laughs> fart still. It's yeah, like, wow, exactly. this is just a, like, quite on, a moment. Good on you for being a chameleon <laughs> and being able to like have these two sides to your life in a great way. Not a bad way, in a great way. <laughs> kind but, of a slight, kind of a slight. No, just a huge shout out to the members getting married and making huge life decisions. That's really cool. As well as for you to be engaged and being... Um, Finally, you married said, next finally. summer. <laughs> so, congrats to you. That's awesome. Hey, thanks, thanks, Jack. Let's uh, let's move this thing right along. Um, <laughs> okay. Summer. That's right. Summer memories. So, aside from the Luke, I love. Shout out to weddings, by the way. Did I mention that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mentioned that. No. So, took a great trip across the pond. Visited the UK with a few college buddies. The trip itself was centered around a Red Hot Chili Peppers and Anderson Pack concert in Dublin, of which was fantastic. Um, showed up early, was fifth row at a proper rock concert. So like as big wow. of a venue as you can picture. We How many do fans it. do you think were there? We wanted to do it right. I would say like a, a solid 67. I'm just thinking like Autzen or Questfield or it was a proper uh stadium rock concert but it was an, an amphitheater so you can't i can really tell, tell you've been across the prop the pond the way you use proper now <laughs> that's no, part of my every everyday maybe. vocabulary <laughs> proper um and there's a few others that have been sprinkled in there but yeah it was a great trip and um already thinking about the next one and i think that's just a testament to kind of where we are in our lives and it's pretty cool to have opportunities like that to to travel and to go to your friends weddings and all that stuff all goes to say we're at a cool part in our lives and let's keep making every single year better than the last cool agreed agreed uh, what about well you said. do you get to answer these questions or is it just no me? I, these are this is about interviewing lug owners uh week by week so i do have another travel question oh. for you though this was was this your first time going abroad without it being like a family trip, like traveling with friends or by yes. yourself, basically? Yes, without a doubt. And that, yeah. Can you can you speak a little bit to not there's never minuses to traveling with family, but about the difference, I would say, in like traveling by yourself or with a friend of mm. the same maybe age? Good question. So growing up, especially in college, I think in college is when a lot of people do a study abroad, which is a great experience i know randall did i know kyle did i know john had his experience and john and the boys i think it was cj was abroad quite a bit yeah cj was abroad oh yeah cj met a girl abroad he met abroad abroad <laughs> am i <laughs> he right did meet abroad abroad remember that cj free airline tickets 
He's oh, not going to well. listen to this. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, yeah, we'll I send it, up we'll send it to him. I just forgot he's not this <laughs> Yeah, that's your fault. <laughs> that's on me. I'll tap some chest. Yeah. You know I have the attention of, like, a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's yard. on me. I gave you a bone over. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, w- I was, like, pretty bummed. I didn't have that experience. Um, John, like, speaking so highly of his experience in Thailand. Coop fucking grew up in Amsterdam, for goodness sake. But um, I wanted to do the same thing, and it was certainly a priority of mine. And now this year, thankfully, things have been good to me, and I was afforded the luxury of doing that with a few college buddies of mine. And it was just a great experience. I don't know. Um, There's something about being in a, a foreign city with no itinerary and good buddies by your side and the world just works out in a great way sometimes. And you have great days, great weeks. And the second you get back, the mindset quickly turns to instead of home renovations, it's like, fuck, how do I do that again? How do I save or schedule or work hard in my current role? Or I don't know, start my life in a way to being able to do that, whether it's at work, outside of work as many times as possible before I can. So um, I don't know. No, that's it. And it certainly, it it made me kind of shift my priorities before. I think most of you probably knew me as a hard ass and and the guy you want to invite first to the dinner or golf and all that stuff. But it certainly made me change my experience or my mindset towards that stuff. Yeah, that's a that's good perspective in general. Just like I, I bet it's kind of freeing, you know, being able to kind of if you're traveling by yourself, I mean you decide your own agenda. Like you said, there's no set plan most of the time, day to day, and then add a friend or two in there, and that doesn't change much in terms of the the calendar. So um that's that's really good and interesting perspective. And then my last question around um before we get into some football is mm. you have been called by some uh the maestro of the Luke, and it's not the way you navigate lineups because we haven't seen much success since 2018 but it's okay. more around your knowledge of music and so sticking <laughs> with the theme i was curious what yeah, this did you a, label this year's <laughs> song of the summer song of the summer okay wow wow that's tough I mean, I'm just thinking back to like the major albums. Obviously, we had new Harry Styles, new Beyonce. Harry Styles, I just I'll give you. I think Harry Styles owned the summer. He he won the summer because at least the late summer he's been all over the uh, TL lately. I feel and like especially now you added the whole movie spitting thing. That's timeline. I know you don't have social media, but Ah, that's what we call that. My dad. but now add in the Chris Pine spitting thing and all this that you know, yeah. Above, I, I think Harry as a celebrity might have won the summer song, song of the summer. Song I don't know. That's not always one and the same. As it was Beyonce released an album for God's sake. No, so Harry Styles is interesting in that he's like obviously a crazy famous pop star up there with the Beyonces and the Swifts and. Like, yeah, who, he's ascended know, to that Be- territory. Bieber and Billy Bieber and, and yeah. All, yeah, yeah, as famous as you possibly can be. But the interesting thing about him is that I still like genuinely like his music. 
and it hasn't turned too poppy. It is incredibly poppy, but it needs its unique enough to still separate from like all of those. I'm thinking like Ed Sheeran and Maroon 5 and whoever can sell out a stadium these days. It's still unique enough to where I would actually go see him. I would, I would go see Justin Bieber and I would go see Taylor Swift only because I think their music is actually somewhat unique. But yeah, I don't know. to a level that you respect enough or, or is different enough that it might be a, a sound you haven't heard yet and like worth, it, you know, any one of that level is probably worth seeing in general yeah. just for atmosphere, but then add in the component of it. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a big experience at that point. I also think he's had a huge influence on people's like body style not body style but clothing style right and yeah it's kind of a fashion muse yeah for the first time i think you see a lot of guys like mimicking their style after somebody who is i don't know he's not bowie but he's like bowie no, he's more, of the bowie, same bowie of was the same more weird essence. like be as weird as you possibly can be but harry's like very comfortable with his feminine side and for the first time you see guys thinking it's cool to dress in a feminine way in like a cool way. So right. I don't know. I think no, he's that's well summer said. and I'm a huge I mean, that's, that's, that's fan. Okay. So, so Harry went to summer and song of the summer. We'll just, we'll just still give it to as Harry. It was. Yeah. As oh, it was. as it was. I love that. Do you think, okay. Uh, I know we've gone too long, but does Harry have a uh, staying power? Like is, is he going to be a long-term star? Because that's the thing with like, those you just named of the same company is like harry's kind of hitting his he's been around forever obviously boy band to now single like um most famous probably pop star on the planet right now but then will you know eight years from now is he still getting crowds away beeper with i'm not sure i would i don't know like didn't he just stop his tour for mental health yeah concerns and that could be and indicated that yes, he's smart enough to realize that it takes mental fortitude and like mental well-being to stay, or it could be the opposite indicator and say, "Hey, fame's getting to me, and I won't be at the top for much longer. I probably am not built for this. I don't really know." Like, and he's also kind of a trendsetter in that he's perfectly youthful and i'm not sure if you can set trends like that when you're in your mid to late 30s you kind of have to keep leaning on your music like swift has and yonce has um and i think he's like two-part he's part influencer part musician and so i would say no because i think you lose the influencer part the second you get early well people want something new at a point yeah yeah i agree that's well that's that's Good analysis there. And um, before the last two owners in the loop fall asleep, let's go into some fantasy football. Uh, no, I think that was actually really, really good conversation. Uh, want to talk about, before we dive into the power rankings and what everyone's waiting to hear, your initial impressions of the loop prior to the season. And with that, I'm, I want to talk about two topics quickly. Okay. Um, the first being the divisions, because it was controversial this year, I think. Uh, yeah. A lot of owners feel that there's one that is quite a bit uh, stronger than the other. And yeah. and then there's a, quite a few owners that would argue um, that that is not true. Uh, which side well, do you they, fall on? As they say, Connor, the proof is in the pudding. And I'm not talking chocolate. I'm talking about everybody's favorite vanilla. 
the proof is in the vanilla pudding in that everybody's knee-jerk reaction is, wow, Beyonce is stacked compared to Rihanna, of course. Um, you got Rose Truly, you have Randy, Kyle, I believe Alvin's Derek, but you also, wait, I can't stop Alvin is John. Yeah, that's Coop. Coop's 0-2. Oh, yeah. And Coop has a good team, which goes to prove that, yes, our the Beyonce division is absolutely stacked. And you got yourself sitting over at the top of Rihanna scoring Let's a, a um, unimpressive 197 compared to the top of the other league, myself, go, at 292. I have over 100 – no, mental math. I have 95 points more than you do. And we're both at the top of each other's leagues. And that's after two weeks. Yep. Randall. Actually, let's go down the line. Randall would have more points than you. He's two and (laughs) one in our league. Kyle would have more points than you. He's one and one in our league. Derek ties you. He's one and one in our league. And Coop has more points. So you've, you haven't outscored a single team in the Beyonce division. And you are at the top of your league in Rihanna. Hey, fantasy football is a lot like, I always I, say, no, wait, wait. I outscored John. No, John's in your – wait, who's Alvin? That's John. Oh, yeah. You outscored him by 0.5 points. 0.5. No, <laughs> 6.5, dude. You're doing me so dirty. Give me all 6.5 of those. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, 6.5. Okay. Thank you. Four people and then John <laughs> only by 6.5 have outscored you and you're 2-0. And oh and it's all about matchups. I schedule well. How – out of 100, can you mark as a percentage the level of luck versus skill it takes to be good at fantasy football? Top of the, top I of the think head. It's, I think it's like 60%. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. No, that's where I'm at. I'm like 60% luck, 65 That's what I was luck. thinking. I was thinking 60% luck, 40% making sure you at least set your team up to get lucky. Or maybe – 40% luck, like 40% draft, 20% skill. Right. Well, draft, is, draft could be in the skill category, in my opinion. Yeah, true. Um, but anyway, so, so you think they're, you're, you're claiming um, that Beyonce is stronger out of nowhere. Might I'm I not add. even claiming. The proof is in vanilla pudding. <laughs> Love that it's predominantly just vanilla pudding. Okay. Anyway, let's move right along here. Um, also want your quick knee-jerk reactions or impressions coming away from the draft, if you can channel back to um, post-draft, not just your own team, but kind of your takeaway from how this year's draft went. Was there anything significant to you, or was it pretty much as you would have guessed, which is totally fine. I'm just curious, kind of your, your impression. I think everybody has an identity in this league in terms of strategy going into a draft. I will say, okay. I didn't think Randall was going to take Eckler. I don't see why you don't go back to Cup. Um, if you're RT, um, you have a blueprint for success. And he just went in like complete different direction than last year with Eckler. Um, obviously, it's been talked about before, but I'll say it again. Paul's decision to draft three Broncos, they are – almost must starts each of them are must starts for him every week i think Um, they are yeah they are having the 
reliance of the Denver offense being good is not like that's not where I want my eggs. I'm sorry, but yeah, like we can all take a look at a team heading into a season, Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, maybe Tampa Bay with a healthy offense, uh, but like off the cuff, right? You know that offense is going to be good. And only in that scenario would it be acceptable to have two. Two is my max, but let alone three. And to do it for Denver in a stacked division with an offense who has proven, has no track record, no history of being explosive to have three like, let's say they scored 21 points a game, which they're not right now. Or let's say they're scoring 28. The chances of two of those touchdowns or three is what it would often take to win a fantasy football matchup coming from that game are so slim. The only reason why I would do it for Mahomes and Kelsey is because Kelsey is better than any other tight end in the league. So it makes sense, at least for me and Kansas City is often offense. But to have three, the reality of just Denver is crazy to me. I and and <laughs> it's but to, no. like that's not going to work. There's no <laughs> fucking way that works. Well, and so far, I think you've been proven right. Obviously, that's that's easy to say in hindsight. Um, but but to your point, I mean, no, no, to your point, you made you outlined that well in terms of on top of it not being, like you said, a, a Mahomes-Kelsey-like two best players at each of their respective positions. You're mm-hmm. also – one of them is Javonta Williams, who, although he does look amazing when you watch the games, they still split carries with Melvin Gordon. So it's like a, it's it was a really risky play. Um, it still could work out. I mean, it's very early in Russ's – I mean, he is still like – two games into his Bronco career. So I don't think it's all written off yet, but you, you did a good breakdown there of the statistics, like needing three touchdowns and then um, kind of how that's going to equate yeah. to your points. That's that puts you in your backs against the wall in weeks like they've had in week one and two, where they don't put up a lot of points. And then the only other thing I'll say, I think most fantasy leagues out there, are in the same boat and that they'll draft like four running backs first and then the wide receivers go. And I know caveat we're two weeks in. And I also recognize that there's fewer A-list running backs than uh, receivers in the league that can put up points. But like how many times are we going to see a team in this league rely so heavily on that ace um, bell cow running back and then put up a mediocre performance or two in a row or three and it completely wrecks a team um, I, I just don't think that's how you I just I obviously have a very different strategy every year you know I'm going to take a wide receiver in the first round and even if I have the first through fourth pick I'll trade back to take that wide receiver because I think it's more valuable to have that wide receiver at five through nine versus like having a McCaffrey or a Henry or um, like who's, who's David's guy for the Colts. But Jonathan Taylor, he has a bad game and you're, I don't know, like you're fucked um, because you, he didn't pick again till 20 
and you're really relying on like a 20 point 25 point game from Jonathan Taylor versus having I know we're picking nits here as they say but to, in my opinion like having two picks in top 15 you have a little bit better security blanket that's all that's all I'll say no, I'd agree with that. I obviously went the opposite strategy this year, but usually more aligned to the same one you do where I like picking a receiver first. And I'll say I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with the running back thing this year, um, especially McCaffrey, who's like, very volatile. Who's your, who's your second pick? Let's play this theory out. So you pick McCaffrey second, right? Yes. Your second pick was? I believe it was Keenan Allen. No, A.J. Brown or... No, AJ Brown was later. I, I was lucky in that regard. Your pick I, was Keenan Allen. I think it was Keenan Allen, not CD. It might have been CD. It might have been CD. I forget if it was. It was one of those than the other. Yeah, well, and then it was Herbert, then AJ Brown. So playing the series out, as we know, like CD is much more sporadic than you would like your somebody that you're relying on to be. Oh yeah, well, and especially now that it's a not Dak Prescott. Yeah. So anyways, a, a difference in styles, which makes a league fun. It would be boring if everybody had the same style. Um, and every year, because it's not like real football, you're going to have variances, like extreme variances, um, where one style could win over the other. But I truly believe, like I've been drafting the same way how 10 years now, the same exact way. And I, I have to believe my style has worked more than it hasn't so i'll continue to do it connor and we'll see we'll see if you're proven right jack this year will uh tell us and uh, again we're about to get to power rankings but so far it seems like you're going to be proven right um before the power rankings as i mentioned i wanted to ask you if you came away with any takeaways from the week one waiver um bids paul obviously was the big spender grabbing Curtis Samuel for quite a bit, as well as Jeff Wilson Jr. for quite a bit. Didn't play either of them um, this week. Uh, Curtis Samuel had 18 and a half points. And then I think um, Jeff Wilson Jr. was kind of uninspiring. I don't know the exact total. But were, did you have any any big thoughts on the waiver wire or were you pretty uninspired so far? No, I want to be doing it justice. Usually I wait till week three or four once okay, we get a few running enough. back injuries and once – owners have an opportunity to fill out their teams. Like I know I need a running back or another guy probably needs a wide receiver. Like it always takes a few, few weeks to shake out. Um, so I know tomorrow I'll be making my first stab at the waiver wire, but I don't have any feedback right now. Okay. Fair enough. Well, with that, let's hop right into your power rankings. I know you've had a, a brief chance at least to look. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully you've got your order determined. I know the other eight owners are, Fancy to hear where you've got everybody rated. Um, always controversial. We know that much. Start us off with number 10. Number 10 is Rocka Flocka. I mean, points four is all you need to look at. He's lowest by a significant margin. Um, and in this league, all that matters is how many points you have for it. Bench don't matter. Nothing else matters. It's how many points do you have? Because a bench scores zero every single week. How many times do I need to remind um our our faithful podcast producers kyle and tyler who are dissecting the benches week in week out that unlike other sports 
in this fake fantasy land, the bench scores absolutely zero for you. I'm sorry, that's harsh. But, um, and I understand the over analysis of a bench because you guys can get hurt, all that stuff. Yes, but unfortunately, they contribute absolutely nothing every single week. So, with that said, Derek has scored the least amount of points. Um, let's look at his team. He suffered Kittle's absence. Connor went down this week. Connor went down this week. Dalvin looks like he has a reduced role in Minnesota, which hurts as your second. I assume he was a second pick. Cup looks incredible. Back to my Randall point. Why not Should go with what's, Yeah, why not go with what's working? I mean, I could have too. I took Chase Jeff. I think Chase Jefferson and Cup are interchangeable, to be honest, but I'll at least take one of them. Um, and just a lot of reliance on guys like Michael Thomas or Hollywood Brown. Just the consistency is not there. And the proof is in the pudding. The vanilla pudding. The vanilla um, pudding. Who do you have at number nine? Daddy P. Sorry to keep. Um, leaning on one of the nicest owners in the league and uh, most eloquent shit talkers in the league. Daddy not P eloquent, in. not a not a word most are using to describe Paul's shit talk. <laughs> okay, persistent or yeah, that's active? a better word. At least he's doing it, which I appreciate because that's kind of what makes fantasy football fun. Um, but yeah, I'll go back to it. Three players on the same team. Ludicrous. I mean, just an insane move. If they have even a remotely slow week, like they're playing the Niners, you can't tell me Paul's looking at Russell Hustle and Bustle, Williams and Sutton playing the Niners D and licking his chops. He's like, oh, here's another loss. And as a team that's already 0-2, you can't afford that. Like whoever's playing Paul, God, I hope I am. You got to be – I mean, all you have to do is look at the defense Denver's playing – and that could potentially eliminate half of his lineup, which San Francisco is likely going to do. Oh, man, that stresses me out. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> I can tell. I feel like you have like concern. Yeah, exactly. Like an emotional investment in how poorly you feel about Paul's team. That's a weird move. Um, yeah, definitely some concerns on his side. I, I, I don't think there's many uh, saving graces. I, I don't. When you see Juju Smith-Schuster in the flex spot, that's not exactly a great spot to be starting um, your lineup. So I I am curious to see what Paul does from this point on being 0-2. Uh, do you suggest he starts running? Are you, are you willing to go that far yet? Running? <laughs> For the beer mile? That would be correct. <sighs> yeah. Wow. Well... No, I mean, so, like, again, back to my point, or at least the receiver and the running back, they're both good, and the running back should be used more. If I was him, just diversify, trade one of them, and get somebody with a better offense in return. Like, those by themselves are good. That way another owner doesn't have to rely on Denver's offense um, as, like, the hinge pin for a, a win or not. So just trade one of them. And maybe yeah. he will. I'm sure he's thinking the same thing. Yeah. At this point, he's got to be evaluating it. Who you got at number eight? David. I played David this week and bless his heart. I just wasn't scared in the fright in, in the slightest. 
Like the second you see Jonathan Taylor having a slow game, it's over. And And it looks like they suck, which doesn't help. Yeah, man. It does look like they suck. I wish I was back to my betting days because I wanted so badly to bet Jacksonville and kind of be the person that's early to the fact that uh, Matt Ryan is obviously beyond his years. But, man, could have made some money. Anyways, the light at the end of the tunnel for David is that he has Amon Ra St. Brown. He had him on his bench against me, but I already see that he's moved him into a starting lineup, and that guy is an animal, and he's sitting or he finds himself in, like, a pretty competent offense with a great line, and Jared Goff, like, I know he gets his share of flack, but he can at least move the ball. Well, he can move the ball, and I – like I have this vivid re- or memory of going to Autzen early. I don't know why we showed up early for this game in college, but we saw Jared got forming up with Cal. And I just remember thinking, my God, that guy throws like the most beautiful ball I've ever seen in my life. And I know that's a stretch when I'm trying to make a pro for Amon Ross St. Brown, but I just think like Jared Goff's fine if he has a line and good. Yes. Okay. Most QBs are, but. Man, he throws a beautiful ball. And everyone has said the tightest spiral since Harrington and Detroit. <laughs> yeah, since Harrington. And before Harrington, Harrington had the Harrington had the best spiral since the inception of football in Detroit. That's well, what everybody course. says. Of course. But yeah, huge, huge props for David on on getting Amal Ross St. Brown on his team. Uh, but yeah, his the rest of his team is honestly pretty thin. So it <laughs> I is. How, no, I, I'm not hating on your point. I love how you built him up with the Monroe St. Brown that just basically said, yeah, but everyone else sucks. Well, that's huge. Um, he could put up 20 points a game. Like Fournette, I knew I had Fournette last year and he was way overvalued in the pre rankings. He was like in the, I think, early 30s or late 20s. I wouldn't have touched that that early with a 10 foot pole. Granted, he's good, but just not that early, bad value. And then Murray is inconsistent. Like Goddard doesn't scare me with Philly. Montgomery certainly doesn't scare me in a pretty poor Chicago offense. Um, a very poor Chicago offense. A, a Chargers D, they could mix it up every now and then with some playmakers, but um, he deserves a spot, Connor. Hit me with number seven. Number seven, it's between Tyler and Cooper. Wow. So let me, I think I'm going to go Cooper. Yeah. Or no, I'm going to go John. I'm going to pull 180 here and go John because his running backs who he's starting three running backs going into the week. I just don't like Stefan Diggs, absolute stud muffin. Oh my, he's just nuts. He's averaging 30 on the season. Crazy. Um, well, like Tom Alvin questionable, but like maybe end of his prime, um, AJ Dillon. And then, the Jets running back cover starting that week, whether it's Brees or Michael Carter. 
like middle of the pack. It just says middle of the pack to me, and that's why I'm ranking John at seven. I mean, T. Higgins, you want Chase, not Higgins, or yeah, so, I, I, I'm a little down on John's team. I'm not gonna lie. I love Diggs, but outside of Diggs, I don't love a lot of it. Yeah, I love Diggs is amazing, but he's so. Oh, and I love Mark. Mark Andrews is just a consistent fucking fifteen points. I feel like, but yeah, John has the second to least amount of points scored in this league, and that's all I need to say. Yep, fair enough. Hit us with number six, then. Now, I think we're going to go over to Coop. Wow, he's mad. I can't believe he's 0-2. Being 0-2 in fantasy football is a scary dark place to be. I know it is in real life, (laughs) but you got to get hot with only four teams making the playoffs. Um, Because what is it in the NFL? It's like almost half, right? Right. So 40% of our league making the playoffs. 0-2 is a scary place to be. Um, Things Coop has going for him. Josh Allen, he's like the big dick on campus in the NFL right now. Same with Stephon. Um, Devontae Adams is targeted almost every single um, drop back. You got Jerry Judy, who looks pretty good. Just got to stay healthy. Uh, McLaurin, one of the most talented wide receivers in the league, but unfortunately he has Fitzpatrick going to him. I'm not sure about Gibson. He has Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz this year. Oh, yeah. Who did I say? Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, But, like, I don't know, Najee, Gibson, and then I guess just Najee and Gibson. Dobbins is questionable, but. It's a lot of reliance on some running backs that might put up like six points any given week. I know. I don't, I don't, Najee scares me this year. Like, I mean, obviously he's started off average, but like mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's scary to have as one of your main guys, I feel. But having Josh Allen certainly helps. Coop's in a tough spot. He's had the most points scored against. And, for example, he, he played play better defense. He played me week one, and we were talking about it after that week. And he was the second highest scoring team, and I was the first, and or he was the third, third highest scoring team, and I was the first. And like being in that position where you could say I could have literally played anybody else and won, it's just a poor luck of the draw. Is maybe the biggest gut punch that fantasy football has to offer. That or something like what happened to Paul last night, where you get the win on a meaningless like six yard run up the middle. A beautifully blocked six yard run up the middle. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure which is a bigger gut punch, but I think those two are up there and oh I couldn't agree more. Those are gut way punch playoffs there. I I think you've absolutely uh hit the nail on the head for the two that hurt the worst because man, it'll affect your whole league. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, who you got at five? I have you. I'm sorry. Dude, I know you're, I know you're two and zero, but you're the fourth highest, fourth lowest. Excuse me, in points four. That's almost halfway to the top. But half the battle is getting lucky, or would we say sixty percent? Right, getting lucky. And AJ Brown. I know it was alluded to in a previous pod, but like he could be potentially the steal of the draft. 
um, C-Mac, like you being 2-0 and C-Mac not having two good weeks. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Is saying a lot. Speaks to the potential of your team. Why, thank uh, you. And I can't even play Keenan Allen yet. Like, give me yeah, a break. And Justin Herbert might be hurt. But I'm just saying, like, nah, he's fine. You 2-0 with C-Mac getting out to a low start, slow start is great. The shitty part for your team is like during the draft early in the draft, you front loaded on running backs and potentially not one of them is good. That's the scary part. <laughs> no, that's very fair. Josh, I don't love my Jacobs, Miles Sanders and Clyde. Dude, but people are saying if Brian Robinson didn't get shot, he'd be averaging 20 a game. Uh, yeah. You have him on your bench, don't you? Oh yeah. Hey, if you get Allen and Herbert connection going, wow, you have a lot of chargers too. Thank you. At least only two of them are starting though. Shout out to Paul. Would you start Allen, Everett, and Herbert if they were all healthy? Yeah, no doubt about it. Those are his two favorite targets. Yeah, and at least it's in a very good offense versus – Well, that's that's why I'm doing it. I mean – Allen and Herbert was intentional, and then Everett looks like that's a good pickup, to be honest. And I, I, I really liked Schultz when Dak was playing, but I think that's dead. At least it's at the tight end position, which is kind of throwaway this year. I mean, somewhat, yeah. It's not throwaway. I wouldn't say like last week. I mean, that's a 10-point difference if I just start Everett. It's not a one-point game. It's a – and I score 109 instead of 99. So it can still be meaningful, I feel. All right, should we move on? Yep, number four. Number four, so I still have Tyler, Kyle, Randy, and myself. Yes. And you said you weren't putting yourself first, correct? (laughs) Anyway, who you have at number four? Kyle. I'm going Randy. That son of a gun, I swear, he is – he scored 99.5 points and got a victory last week just because he played our weakest owner in the league, Derek, year over wow, year. Wow, that, Derek. Derek knows football, too. I just don't get why he's so bad at fantasy football. Like, he's a <laughs> huge fan. He's like that player coach that's just too close to the game and kind of needs to take a step back. Keeps like drafting go- Steelers even though their offense sucks. He's like that coach who thinks – who's on the field, but everybody's like, can you just go up to the press box and be that O, o coordinator that calls plays from the press box? He's like too close to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Derek, take like two weeks off from actually watching football and just be the Billy Bean of fantasy football for a little bit. Maybe his, maybe his heart's too wrapped up in the actual game of football to be a competent fantasy football drafter. Is that theory... Is, is there any legs to that theory? There's a, there is legs to that. I, I think it's good advice and new advice for Derek. So I'm hoping that he at least uh, – I want to retreat. Go on like – go to Joshua Tree. Take some shrooms. Don't bring a phone, a laptop with YouTube TV. Go off the grid for like three weeks and come back and just look at the stats and then rethink your entire fantasy football approach. Have him on the Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca plan. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever it takes. I don't understand why he's year in, year out so bad. How do we get on Derek? Oh, because Randall played Derek. 
Randall took Austin Eckler first, and we were going back and forth before the draft. And we were talking about Austin Eckler because he was, uh, I think he was, he like fell in line to where Randall was drafting. I was like, even if he came to me at six, I want to take him. I would take any of the three wide receivers, Jefferson, Chase, or Cup, before I take Eckler. I just don't get it. Um, Fun fact about Eckler, he's never broken a thousand yards rushing. But Randall was adamant about taking him on the call. He's like, I don't know. He's pretty good. I don't know. Doing his typical Randall shit. And he scored eight and 12. How's that, Randall? Suck it. I hope, you, <laughs> I hope you're getting a good, long um, look at the trophy on your mounts right now. Take a few mental images because you're not going to see it in a long, long time, my friend. Just like me on the ping pong table and silver dollar. I'm going to continue to whoop that booty all across the fantasy football table year in and year out from now on. All right, that's all I have to say about Randall. All right, number three. (sighs) Number three. Hmm. I'm going to go with Tyler, and I'm going to save Kyle for number two. That's strictly because of Kyle's track record in the league. Wow. Tyler's a new, a Tyler's a new face up here at the top. It's like it's he like he has won the championship. Just to be fair to his ownership, it's like we're on Everest and we've summited, and we've been here for a while. Like me and Randall, we're cracking beers. We're like man, see Pike, huh? Us tough, and then just like out of nowhere, we see Tyler getting past. What is that? Something Angels Ledge or I forget into thin air, but we see him just get past that last hurdle. We're like, who, who is that? And then as soon as he cheers us, he chugged his beer and then he kept going down the mountain. And so I say that because Tyler said that. That is a beautiful <laughs> metaphor, but it's it's sad to think that you think you're still up on the mountain. <laughs> We all know you fell off about hey, four years you, ago. You invited me on the spot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the most of this opportunity. You fell off about four years no, ago. No, I'm on the pod right now. I'm making the most of it. Tyler, we just cheers to him. We said, congrats on picking Devo and Tyreek. Hit the lottery there. Um, but enjoy Derrick Henry in his eighth year as an oversized running back and enjoy the backup in Dallas. Um, on your way out of the, the playoffs towards the second half of the year. So enjoy the beautiful view and the ice cold beverages and this nice rest without oxygen while you can. Hey, buddy, put on those crampons, take a big old suck of oxygen and enjoy the rest of your trip down the mountain. Amazing analysis. On. Let's move on to number two. That is fantastic. All right, Kyle at number two. Odds, okay, if you are listening at home and had crampons on your vocab list for Jack's interview tonight. You just won a thousand dollars courtesy of commissioner's corner. Jack bingo. Mine goes in weird places. All right. Um, Kyle picked Justin. And if Justin was sitting there for me, I would have picked him, but Kyle picked right before me. So good on him. Good on you, mate. He's the best wide receiver in the league. And like cup, Cup's still the best wide receiver in the league, by the way. Yeah, he might be. But the best fantasy football wide receiver is Cooper Cup. Yeah, it could be Cup. You might be right. It's tough. Or Stefan Diggs. 
I'm just happy he took him, you know? Like, Justin is just an absolute stud. Jalen is playing Jalen Hurts, not having him on your team, but playing him has to be the most frustrating thing in the world. I remember playing Randall last year and he had Jalen. I was like, this guy is so mediocre in real life. Granted, he had a good game last night. He's so mediocre, but he's so good in fantasy football. And all that fantasy football owner has to do is say, well, good thing this is our reality. So I have him and you don't. So suck it. But like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it hurts as somebody playing against Jalen to see him put up big stats. But Kyle's roster is loaded. Like DeAndre Swift running behind a fantastic line. I offered Waddle for Swift already to Kyle outside of uh, the Lou text, and he shot it down quickly, even though Waddle's outscored Swift by uh, a zillion points. So I was going to say that's kind of an interesting deal, but also he already has running backs his weakest position. So yeah, that's fair. I so Swift is kind of carrying the, the load there. Yeah, Zeke looks slow, but he's still a number one um, in a relatively good offense. Pittman is really good, and I think everybody was on to him being a sleeper in the draft, but reality is only one guy gets a sleeper in the loop, and that was Kyle. So props to him for drafting um, a great value pick in Michael Pittman. And then I'm not too sure about Higby or Davis, to be honest. But he has. Lazard. I like Higby because it's the Rams, so they're going to move the ball. Um, maybe he plays Lazard instead of Gabe Davis. Yeah, and I think that's once also he's healthy. A, yeah, I was going to say I think that's a well. Looking at his bench, I guess not many other options, but that's not a long-term solution, I would guess. I'll have to get stronger there, but like, look, every team isn't perfect. I mean, Kyle's a really good first seven. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. First five, at least. He's got a good defense in the Saints. So, like, can you improve at tight end, wide receiver, potentially put Lazard in there? Maybe. Um, but his first five are damn good. Do they match up to the first five of who's in our number one slot, would you say? Yours truly is the number one. Um, Like I said, I follow the same strategy every single year, so it's not like I'm giving any secrets away. I want to have the best quarterback, defense, and kicker. And from there, like, let's see what team I can put together. I just think it brings consistency. And week in, week out, if I score over 100 points, Usually, I'll find myself in the playoffs, and I think having the best QB in the league, best defense, and best kicker are a great way to start. Um, this drawback, which was alluded to during last week's pod, is that I'll have an incredibly thin defense, or excuse me, thin bench, because usually when you're drafting for your bench is when I'm drafting the best D and best kicker in the league. Like already this year, the Bills D has scored 18 and 22 which is as much as the number one wide receiver running back would. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. And I can't expect that every week, but like, no, but that's still a testament to what you were strategy wise talking about. It's an insane advantage. Um, And having the the Mahomes Kelsey connection is great. Waddle could be a flash in the pan or Tua could continue to prove everybody wrong. Like, 
I drafted Waddle where he was just because it was good value at that point, not thinking in a million years to would actually be good. But what luck would it be for me? And who has Hill, Tyler? Yeah. Um, if two was actually good because he's the most, he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. It's just quarterback is more important than the actual receiver in fantasy football. Like McLaurin is probably more talented than Waddle. He just has fucking, fuck, what's his name again? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz throwing him. Yeah. So sucks you're not, you're, you're, you're maybe not wrong there. Um, I'm very happy with Chubb and Harris. Like I know Harris, I might get shit for that, but he gets a ball in the red zone and they're a heavy run offense. And yeah, he's putting carries, but he's the better running back between him and I think the other guy's name is Henderson. Yeah, Daryl um, Henderson. And he's oh, like wait. a 10. Not Daryl. Yeah. Uh, Henderson something. But he's a, he's a 10-point back. And I don't need anything more than that of him. So, like, he gets me 15 this week, and it's better than expectations. But Chubb is a, just a workhorse. Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson. Thielen sucks this year. And I, I know, and I thought he was going to be a sneaky great pick. He missed. I miss. I watched him for the first time last night, and he just looks slow and weak, Yeah, he's honestly. old. I agree. I, I watch that too. I, I completely agree with that take. But then luckily, I think Waddle's your number two, if not a number one this year so far. Yeah, so. he's my number two. And then I'll have to move Lockett into my flex until I can get somebody off waivers or trade uh, for yeah. a better setup. Like trade one, a dollar for two forty cent pieces, something like that. So yeah. we'll see. But yeah, I have the best team in the league by far right now. Um, and it feels good to be back on top. Yeah, I mean, points, points, say we can't argue with you on that. We'll see if it uh, continues. I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, it feels good to give a nod to my defense and kicker who never get the credit they deserve. Jack, everyone says like, it's a great strategy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're such a, you just create such storylines for yourself. It's Come on, dude. It's true. I'm fucking believable. <laughs> All right. Before we sign off here, give us uh, – your hottest Luke take, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be about an owner. It can be about one owner. It can be about the league in general. But one wow. hottest Luke take for the 10th year of a league uh, that uh, we all cherish and love so much. It could also be about seasons past. It could be about seasons to come. It can be anything you want. It can be about, I don't know, anything. This is very difficult. I know. I, I intentionally put you on the spot so it comes from your heart. Something that we're missing in this league is a in-person blowout draft. But as part of that, we draft at like 11 at night. And there has to be like a some kind of um, like 10 beer limit or – minimum or something like I was going to say to spice up to really spice things up. I don't necessarily need to go more than a hundred dollar buy-in. I don't necessarily need to do the, um, not the snake draft, but the uh, auction auction draft, which would be fun, but it's a lot of effort. It's fun having, I don't know. Even just, I I, I get it. Even if it's not Vegas, even just going to bend or something and doing, being in one, anything like a, a room in a house, but like doing, forcing everybody to be there and doing something hilarious that day to where you're not in the right frame of mind and somebody just ends up with a ridiculous team. 
because <laughs> they're making okay i'm gonna propose this for next year's we go either to bend or we go to somewhere near a casino oh and we now stay, you're talking we we stay the night at an airbnb but we drink heavily prior to we yeah. do in-person draft and then we all spend another hundred at the casino if not a lot more i love that idea i really do and the winner okay connor follow the, like most the winner of the, the night no the winner of the previous year saves a hundred dollars and puts it on red or black if they win yeah you have to buy that yes. many shots for yes. how much however Let's many you can do or if you lose then obviously that sucks but anyway That's just thinking idea. out loud here call me ed sheeran I don't know what the right thing to do is, but that's my knee jerk. How can we make this look better is somehow improve the draft, which is usually the best part. Granted, that is on for doing a nice job hosting this year, but we can go bigger. I, I agree. I, I do think that is probably everyone's favorite part of this drafting because, I mean, so much mystery around where you're going to end up and everything along with being able to chat with the boys is always fun. So I'm, I love this idea. Let's Let's make sure next year we have I think we were aiming maybe too big with Vegas, especially as we all get older, have more yeah. responsibilities and financial restrictions. But weddings uh, to pay for, am I right? You're right there. Am I right? Not going to be going anywhere for any time soon. Um, <laughs> let's not talk about that, though. Uh, so maybe something that we can actually, you know, manage pretty pretty easily. Yeah. Um, great idea. Great bold prediction, if that's what we're calling it. One bold improvement is what we'll call that. All righty. I think that about uh, wraps us up for this week. I want to uh, thank, of course, the one, the only three-time champ has to be said until someone can uh, top him on the repetition there. Uh, Jack McDonald for joining us this week. Looking forward to seeing if his team can continue the hot streak. Jack, you think it'll be how many weeks before you lose? Until Kansas City's on by. Wow, which is we will find out. Um, but thank you to uh, Jack McDonald for your commission. Connor Scott, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace. Hello. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. If you want to crown them, then crown their But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.